Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants Inn Chambers. In our podcast series, we are going to discuss a range of topics affecting police officers and anyone involved in the criminal justice system. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com. Under Section 47 of the Children Act 1989, the police service, working with other agencies, are responsible for making inquiries to safeguard and secure the welfare of any child within their area who is suffering or is likely to suffer significant harm. My name is Deborah Britstone of 3D Solicitors, and I'm joined today by Joanne Kane, a barrister at Sergeants in Chambers, to discuss the issues associated with this legislation in the policing context. Morning, Joanne. Morning, Deborah. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Could you begin, please, by explaining what Section 47 of the Children Act 1989 says? Yeah, of course. So part five of the Children Act 1989 um, governs the sections that deal with the protection of children. And section 47 itself relates to the fact that um, a local authority has a statutory duty to carry out a section 47 inquiry in any of the following circumstances, um, where there's information to indicate that a child has suffered or is likely to suffer significant harm, where a child is subject to an emergency protection order, or where a child um, is subject to police protection powers. The responsibility for undertaking Section 47 inquiries lies with the local authority for the area in which the child lives or is found. And essentially under Section 47 of the Act, it has a duty to make or cause to be made such inquiries as it considers necessary to decide whether they should take any action to safeguard or promote the child's welfare. Um, Now, such inquiries um, are taken in uh, concert with other organisations and agencies as appropriate, um, and they should be initiated where there are concerns about all forms of abuse and neglect, the key point being suffered or likely to suffer significant harm. So significant harm is obviously quite a wide umbrella term. So it'll cover all forms of abuse and neglect. It will cover issues such as FGM and radicalisation, sexual or criminal exploitation. um, And there may be a need for immediate protection whilst an assessment or inquiries are carried out. Where there are grounds to initiate an inquiry under Section 47 of the Children Act 1989, decisions should be made as to what information is needed if an assessment is already underway um, and how that information will be obtained and recorded, as well as what immediate or short-term action um, is required to support the child and who will do what and when they will do it. And of course, whether any legal action is required. So in summary, the, the section 47 sets out the ambit of what the inquiries are to deal with and um, that harm point is obviously very broad in its scope. So what what are the responsibilities of the police in such inquiries? So 
As I've said, Section 47 inquiries are obviously multi-agency in their scope. So they will involve agencies, including schools, uh, medical practitioners, social workers, the police. And the police obviously have an important role to play, given that the likelihood in most cases where a child is suffering or is at risk of suffering um, significant harm, the potential perpetrators of that risk or of that harm are still at large and and, and that's an ongoing issue. So obviously police involvement is very important. The police should discuss the basis for any criminal investigation and any relevant processes that other investigations and agencies might need to know about, including um, the timing of those inquiries and the methods of evidence gathering. And unsurprisingly, it's the police's role to lead the criminal investigation because, as we keep referring back to, Section 47 refers to the local authorities' role. But obviously, the police will be responsible for the leading of the criminal investigation. The police should also be helping the other organisations and agencies understand the reasons for concerns about the child's safety and welfare they need to decide whether or not their own internal police investigations reveal grounds for um, any criminal proceedings. They also need to make available to practitioners um, any evidence gathered to inform decisions about the child's welfare. And of course, if it's a situation in which achieving best evidence in criminal proceedings guidance is relevant when it comes to interviewing victims, witnesses, complainants, and um, any guidance on using special measures has to be taken into account where a decision has been made to undertake a joint interview of the child as part of criminal investigation. So it's important that that's not forgotten about. And I understand that whenever there is, whenever we're in this situation, there is reasonable cause to suspect that a child is suffering or, or is likely to suffer significant harm. There should be a strategy meeting or discussion between the, between those involved. What should that meeting be used for and what, what relevant matters would you expect to be discussed in that meeting? So um, the strategy meeting or the discussion will be convened by the local authority, um, Children's Social Care. And in addition to that agency, the local authority, the police and relevant health professionals may need to involve other agencies such as schools and nurseries um, to hold information that are relevant to the concerns about the child. So the purpose of that meeting will essentially be to share available information. It will be to agree the conduct and the timing of, of any potential criminal investigation that might take place. It will decide whether an assessment under Section 47 should be initiated or continued if it's already begun. Um, It needs to consider the assessment under Section 47 and the action points if Section 47 inquiries are already in place. And an important part of the meeting is planning. So plan how the Section 47 inquiry should be undertaken, including any need for um, medical treatment, who is responsible for carrying out which parts of it, a timeline, when things need to be done by and um, for what purpose, and also whether any broader searches should be conducted It needs to agree what action is required immediately if there are any immediate safeguarding concerns, because it's important, obviously, that the meeting takes into account safeguarding and promotion of the welfare of the child, as well as any interim services and support. 
It's also important that um, if a child, for example, is um, receiving medical treatment in hospital, decisions um, should be made as to how to secure the child's safe removal from the hospital and then the next steps from that point. It should also, in the in the grand scheme of the meeting, it needs to also determine what information from the strategy meeting or discussion is going to be shared with the family. And obviously that needs to also include a consideration of what would potentially place the child at an increased risk of significant harm um, and also the the police investigation will need to be taken into account in relation to that and and whether any data sharing would potentially um, how any data sharing could potentially impact upon that and then of course it will have to determine whether any legal action is required um, during that Essentially, it will also have to um, agree or review how the assessment is going to be carried out and how it should be obtained and recorded. It'll also think about interviews and how those should be carried out. So who, which agency is going to carry them out, what is the purpose of them and when they're going to take place. And that's really important because obviously the manner of that is very significant in terms of ensuring that things go smoothly um, in the long in the long term for the investigation and also the manner in which um, the child should be contacted um, also. There also needs to be um, a consideration of the wider needs, so whether interpreters are needed and also wider needs because there may be other children who are affected as well. So there needs to be a proper assessment as to any knock-on risk um, in relation to them because some children may be at risk in the same way as the child that's actually being considered within the meeting. So so all of those things are essentially um, important parts of the strategy meetings and discussions, as you would expect, and they all need to essentially be considered very carefully by those who are attending those meetings. Yeah, a, a lot to think about. When when should a referral to the police be made? So all suspected, alleged or actual crime must be referred to the police. As a sort of background, the primary responsibility of police officers is obviously to undertake any criminal investigations of any suspected or actual crime and they need to inform the local authority when they're undertaking such investigations and Essentially, the, the, they need to, um, where appropriate, uh, notify the designated officer. The police and local authority are, as I hope is very clear um, throughout um, this discussion, the coordination point is the most important thing. So the police and the local authority need to be working in concert to ensure that um, the parallel process of the criminal investigation and any inquiry under Section 47 are undertaken in um, a complementary way. And it's undertaken to ensure that the best interests of the child are upheld. So that's essentially why um, in our previous discussion, we were just talking about the importance of joint activity and planning at strategy meetings and discussions. And that will also include the police sharing data about any current or historical information that they hold that's necessary to ensure that a child is protected. 
But um, going back to um, what must be referred to the police, the significant harm point that we talked about at the beginning of this recording is the overarching need here. So all suspected alleged or actual crime must be referred to the police and that um, just for any avoidance of ambiguity will also include allegations relating to um, criminal and or sexual exploitation. It will then obviously be in the police's hand as um, to whether a decision should be made to initiate a criminal investigation. But matters that will always be investigated by the police include alleged sexual assaults, physical abuse, allegations of serious neglect or cruelty, and also allegations that um, may on the face of it seem like they are um, minor in the grand scheme of things but where there are aggravating features which maybe make them more serious so to answer the question it's a very wide-ranging role and it's essentially any suspected alleged or actual crime Um, but it's important to note that you know it'll obviously be taken very seriously um, and in concert with the section 47 inquiries that are being carried out. I think there's a useful consideration of this section of the Children Act and the requirements of those involved in Section 47 inquiries in a case concerning Harringay Social Services. How did the judge in that case describe these inquiries? So, so the case that we're discussing um, refers back to it's a it's a, a case that was decided back in 2013, and essentially it goes through the adequacy or inadequacy of the Section 47 procedure. And one of the points that um, is discussed in the case is whether there actually was a Section 47 inquiry decision made. Now, one of the really key points that the the judge refers to in doing so is the inadequacy of notes. So the judge talks about the fact that every decision during an initial assessment or Section 47 inquiry should be recorded and particularly so if any decision um, to initiate an inquiry or to terminate an inquiry prematurely is being taken and also um, the importance of continuing strategy meetings. So they must continue to take place and it's them through those meetings that a final decision is taken. So essentially the emphasis that is placed through the decision is on uh, making sure that the process is properly followed, clear notes being taken, ongoing meetings to make sure that the decision has actually come to. And the real point that's being stressed is the importance of multi-agency decision making. It also, the, the, in the judgment, it goes on to talk about the fact that the importance of statutory guidance being complied with, um, unless, of course, there are exceptional reasons um, that justify departure in a very specific case. So it's important for all people involved in these sorts of um, inquiries, whether it's local authority or police, to make sure that they're aware of the statutory guidance that's actually set out. And the key point that's really emphasised by the judge is the fact that the agencies being involved, such as the school, medical practitioners, social workers and the police are multi-agency. And the judge essentially in that, in that case stressed the fact that the police have an important role to play, given the likelihood, um, and this is that in, in, in most cases where a child is either suffering or at risk of suffering significant harm, the perpetrator or perpetrators of that risk 
or that harm will have committed or will still be committing serious criminal offences against a child victim. And the decision to initiate the, the Section 47 inquiry is taken following an initial assessment held by a strategy meeting with all of the relevant um, agencies. And the judge goes on to talk about the fact that if the Section 47 inquiry is decided upon, it's undertaken by making sure that a core assessment takes place with the input of all relevant professionals. And one other point that's, of course, stressed too is the input of the child and either their parents or carers is important as well. So it is a useful um, judgment, obviously, given the time. There are some changes in terminology since then, but it, it really um, sets out to underpin the importance of the multi-agency approach. And I think that's the most important thing to take away from this. Each agency needs to see that it's working together and in concert. And I don't think that can be stressed um, more keenly. Thank you. So Section 47 inquiries are featured in the HMCIC National Child Protection Inspections. And what are the areas that appear to be working well in these inquiries from a policing perspective? So there will be variation between them, but um, as listeners will know, these are publicly available documents and, and they essentially break down whether inquiries were good, require improvement or were inadequate and then provide some commentary. So in terms of um, an inspection that took place in August uh, 2021 of Dorset Place, it refers to what the common themes in their files were and some of the positive points that were taken forward were that there was good evidence of recording the views, thoughts and feelings of the children. Staff and specialist teams were well trained and there was a good use of investigation plans and strong supervision in the specialist teams. So essentially it shows that it's um, when things are um, being done positively, it shows the importance of collaboration, not just with the agencies, but with children as well and the importance of um, good training in this area. I think some of the inspection reports obviously also indicated that there were areas for improvement. What are the more common areas um, for improvement that were identified? So there obviously will be variation between the various inspections and as listeners will know, they're publicly available and they break down whether the inquiries in this area were good, they require improvement or they were inadequate. So in respect of some of the aspects that are working well. Some common themes taken from a recent inspection include good evidence of the recording of views, thoughts and feelings of the children. So ensuring that the voice of the child is elevated. Um, staff and specialist teams being well trained um, and good use of investigation plans and strong supervision in the specialist teams. So, so those have all been identified within one recent report as actions that are actually being taken in a positive way and working well. And what are the more common areas um, for improvement? So as, as with the, the previous question, there will be some variation, but in terms of common areas for improvement, I, um, conversely, in other areas, the voice of the child needed to be recognised more keenly. And, and obviously the Children Act places huge importance upon that. There was also a reference to inconsistent records um, of further working with other agencies. So again, making sure that that collaborative approach is taking place. And a key point was 
the potential to miss wider safeguarding concerns for other children, which again, we've discussed previously, ensuring that the subject child is not seen in isolation and trying to have a more broad approach. One of the really important points as well was making sure that there is a recognition of any neglect that's taking place as well. But those are sort of the key themes that come out as points for approval across various inspections. Thank you, Joanne. Some interesting thoughts there about areas for improvement. It is, of course, important to recognise that in the 2019 thematic report, HMIC FRS noted that since 2015, they'd seen the commitment and determination by officers and staff to protect children, reinforced by a more nuanced understanding of the complex challenges facing them. Commentary in the report included recognition that there was a clear focus on continual improvement, and that each force they inspected and revisited had become better and more effective in this area of work, and they are to be commended for it. Joanne, thank you for joining me today to discuss this sensitive area of work for policing. Thanks very much, Deborah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com.